So are they doing authentic things? So I think this part of this is just real work for real people, yeah. right? Yeah. Interesting. Because literacy is so much part of what we do in our everyday yeah. world. And sometimes I feel like in school, it's like, okay, now we're going to have writing time. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. We're a trio of educators who have plenty of questions about teaching and learning and school culture, and we believe in the value of collaboration and reflection as we seek to keep growing as teachers. So this podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about issues in education and why they might matter to Christian educators. Welcome to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. My name is Matt Beamers. I'm Abby DeGroat. And I'm Dave Mulder. Richard Mao has a wonderful book titled The Life of the Mind. It's a short but important book, and I encourage you to read it. Chapter 11 in that book is one that I have read many times. It's titled Safe Spaces for Playing Around. In that chapter, Mao says, safe spaces are essential for intellectual explorations. And he goes on to share a vignette of having a hallway conversation with a colleague that often concluded with the colleague stating, well, I have to get back to my office to play around with a few ideas. As we begin season three, I think that those lines capture what we're trying to do here. We're trying to create safe spaces for all of us, you and us, to learn together. And one of our deep hopes is that you might be encouraged to go back to your classroom, your boardroom, your staff room, or even your hallway and play around with some ideas. If you're new to hallway conversations, welcome here. One of us brings a question each week and we explore some of our thinking. Better yet, as much as we enjoy bringing our own questions, we relish getting questions from listeners. This is much more fun for us. So we would like to hear from you. So please email us or send us a recording of your question and we'll do our best to play around with it. Send your questions to hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. That's hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. Well, Abby and Dave, one of the things uh, last week for our listeners who were with us is we kind of explored the idea of technology, Dave, which is a bit of your expertise right. among many, many expertises. And today we're going to put Abby a bit on the hot seat. Um, Abby is also has many things about which she is an expert, but one of the things that she's passionate about and knows a significant amount about is around literacy. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was thinking about literacy, Abby, I was thinking about my own journey into literacy. And I was thinking about, like, when did I become passionate about literacy or what kind of drew me into that? And the first thing that I thought of for some reason is I have older brothers and sisters. I'm the youngest in my family. And I have a sister, Margaret, who's about 10 years older older than me. And she had a massive book collection. She was, she was a big reader. Mm-hmm. And when I would come home, like around in middle school, I would sneak into her bedroom and I would go through her collection of Agatha Christie novels. Like if I somebody says nice. to me, why are you passionate about yeah. reading or why are you passionate about literacy? I right away think of my sister Margaret's collection of Agatha huh. Christie. That's, That's one of my nice. one of my first recollections yeah. of loving literacy. Mm-hmm. So maybe in that context, one of my opening questions for you is, why are what led to your passion in literacy? Can you just share a right. bit of your own literacy journey, maybe? Yeah. So I I always loved reading and writing too, and I think yeah. it was it was a shared endeavor with my dad actually okay, so well. he he I say was a big he read with me a lot um uh when to me and my sister when we were young um and then it was just something that I did all the time when I was a kid oh, yeah. was read right um and I I figured out you know you do you figure out oh I'm not bad at this <laughs> yeah right, right. or 
other things. And it was just a passion that I, I pursued, I think, for school, partly because it was everywhere in school, which yeah. we'll talk about actually yeah. today. Mm-hmm. And also because I enjoyed it. And so I remember, you know, journaling and just writing a lot. And so both the fact that I got good feedback on it and that I enjoyed it, I think just mm. added yeah. to mm. that um, in my own life. And then so I taught English for um, 11 years in K-12, mostly high school, but I taught every grade in high school at some point, um, both reading and mm. writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got here, one of the things that um, was put on my load as a teacher at college was the course called um, Content Area Reading, or like Literacy in the Content Areas is what I call it actually, because um, I don't think that reading is the only thing that literacy is, which we'll get to too. But so Literacy in the Content Areas is really all the secondary majors here. So the the students who are going to go teach high school and it's basically me trying to convince them that they too need to know what literacy is. <laughs> they don't buy it automatically. And yeah. need to know how to yeah. encourage it yeah. in their students. And so what does that look like yeah. for a high school math teacher? Yeah. What does that look mm. like for a music teacher? Yeah. What does that look like for someone who's teaching mm. Spanish? Or mm. what does it look like for an English teacher? Yeah. I'd love to hear you saying that because it gets at this idea that literacy is more than just reading. It as is. As you say, right? Yeah. Because like, there is literacy in mathematics. Totally. There's reading yep. and writing and symbols and yep. like, there's yep. all kinds of yeah. things. So our working that. definition in that class is this. Two things. Number one, tool sets and symbols used to communicate. So what you were just saying, yep. right? Because if you think about math and the language of math, right? Mm-hmm. The tool sets and the, just the... Right, like a plus and a minus and right. parentheses mean something totally different yes. there than they do in other, in other contexts. Yes, in other contexts, right? So the tool sets and symbols used to communicate, and then also ways of thinking, reasoning, and doing. Mm. Ways of thinking, reasoning. I like, I like both of those because then it yeah. gets at both like the systems that we use, that's right. the first one, but also the, like the, the ways, the habits of mind. Yes, right, for habits the, of mind, yes. And so then students eventually get to the place where they're like, well, that's like everything. And I kind of have to be like, yes, but it, and it also looks different mm-hmm. in every context. Mm-hmm. And they're usually relieved by that because it means yeah. that they don't try have to try to know everything about reading an English text in order to teach science. Yeah, sure. They have to be an expert in their discipline yeah. and understand how to help their students make sense of whatever texts and tool sets yeah. and thinking that they do in that discipline. Sure. Does that make sense? So, so in that sense, would you say that all teachers are literacy teachers? I would say yes to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that makes sense to me yeah. though, because there's mm-hmm. kind of a, a syntax and a grammar there for is. every discipline. Like yeah. if you're going to study language. music, yeah, yeah. All right. Every, if you're studying music or physical education, right. yeah, it looks different than what we maybe think of as reading yeah. a text, but there but they, are... I would argue music is definitely a kind of a text. Yeah, and yeah, there right. are definitely ways to read it, and yeah, you have yeah. to be literate in those symbols right. before yeah. you can read it. Yeah, but I feel right. that way even if I think about my daughter doing some of the like problem solving in math like there's Mm -hmm. a whole language there like there's a whole 
like those questions are even framed a certain mm-hmm. way with certain cues. Mm-hmm. With so like you're looking for yeah. key words that tell you what. So the so as about. a math teacher, how do I frame that, and how do I teach hmm. students how to approach that text hmm. in right. a unique way? Right. Right. Yeah. For a while, I think there was a, and if you look in the literature, you can see kind of a push toward reading across content areas or writing across content areas, and I think. Yeah. Disciplinary teachers sometimes rightly pushed back yeah. on mm-hmm. some of those things mm-hmm. as that it doesn't work. But yeah. so so that's how disciplinary literacy is a little bit different. I'm going to read just a little bit of the definition from this book that I'll um, have Dave put in the show notes. It's called This is Disciplinary Literacy. It's by Rolea um, Cossett Lent. And mm-hmm. she says this. So reading across content areas, every teacher, a teacher of writing, not so fast. Current thinking about literacy places reading and writing in its rightful place, firmly rooted within each discipline. So this new model, aptly called disciplinary literacy, recognizes that reading, writing, thinking, reasoning, and doing within each discipline is unique and leads to the understanding that every field of study creates, communicates, and evaluates knowledge differently. As such, each content area teacher is responsible for showing students how to use discipline-specific literacy skills as tools for accessing content and, with a sigh of relief, incorporating reading strategies only when they make sense within the context of the discipline. That's a really helpful way of unpacking this, right? Right. Because I remember, so early in my teaching career, I taught long enough that 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 was a big push. Like, okay, you're a math teacher, Dave, but we're going to teach writing in the math curriculum. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, so I mean, I can have my students generate their own word problems. or and, And I mean, that made sense, but... Have them write an essay in math right. like that right. felt and forced. And right? I'll and sometimes I'll have students. We do two kind of foundational essays about what is literacy, right? And mm-hmm. they look at the standards and look for literacy connections in the standards sure. and try to unpack what that means for their discipline. And I sometimes have students talk about using something like science to practice literacy. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of have to redirect that a little bit sure. and say, no, that's not the goal. Mm-hmm. We're talking about how literacy helps your students access science, yeah. right? Yeah. It's almost the opposite. It's not to right. make everybody a better writer and using science as the vehicle to get there. It's to get you better at science. And how do scientists write? How do right. scientists read right. in authentic contexts yeah. to do their real work? And how do you that. teach that? Yeah. I mean, why do you think yeah. sometimes there's a resistance to that in the yeah. disciplines? Like, and I know that's a hypothetical question, right. but... I, um, I honestly think it's because people misunderstand what you're asking them to do. Okay. Or, or, mm. or you're asking them to do things that aren't authentic yeah. Yeah. for yeah. what they're teaching yeah. and trying to accomplish in their discipline. Yeah. So what's the learning target has to be... It has to be clear. Part of yeah. it for me too, I wonder, is is it just I'm not trained as a literacy I think teacher. Some, I'm a science yeah. teacher. So part mm-hmm. of it's like how do we also how do we help teachers understand mm-hmm. understand that better? Is like we're not or a or do they or do we have to train them as literacy mm-hmm. math teachers right. and give them the tools to, to do literacy in I in guess the classroom. Hearing that, though, that's why I'm thinking this is why the course you're talking right. about yeah. is so essential yes. for a second. If you're going to be a middle school or high school teacher, like yeah. to be able to tap into that and say, hey, look, there's all this research that has been done right. about literacy in various content areas. So how does it yeah. take shape? And, it... and it's fun to watch them discover that, yeah. right, and kind of do 
break down their preconceived ideas yeah. about what they thought this was mm -hmm. and what it actually is yeah. and how much research there actually is to mm -hmm. connect to what we're learning yeah. and how beneficial it is. So that's a fun process for me. Their, their last assignment is a like a research link paper. So go find a journal article yeah. of an original study in your field. So mm -hmm. secondary majors, it's like find a music education, yeah. right? Yeah. Find a science education yeah. journal article that connects to literacy somehow and yeah. compare it to what we've talked about in this class. Yeah. What things do you see? What things have, what mm. things do you discover in here that we yeah. haven't talked about? What yeah. are, you know, kind of a compare contrast yeah. kind of a thing. And it's fun to watch them make all of those connections. Now, Abby, you've, I know that you have spe you have spoken you have spoken. <laughs> That's poor literacy. That's just poor spoken skill. Um, Come on, you are totally, totally. I'm a recovering English teacher. Right. No, but I know you have spoken to groups of practicing professionals, practicing teachers about literacy, and I'm and I'm picturing some of those teachers being in this room, you know, listening. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about some of the key takeaways when you speak? And by the way, folks, you want to get Abby to come to your school. I'm <laughs> this gonna, is true. I'm yeah, going to put that. I'm going to put that plug in for Abby. She is, she is not only an excellent teacher of future teachers. She is an excellent teacher of current teachers. That's very nice. Thank you. You're welcome. But I'm wondering if, if when you do that, Abby, can you share with some of our current? Um, practicing teachers, maybe a few of the things that you mm -hmm. would share. I know that, again, that's putting you on the spot. But. Right. So thinking about, first of all, just naming ways that you practice literacy mm -hmm. in your discipline, I think, yeah, is the yeah. first. You have to identify those for yourself sure. before you can teach them to students. So thinking about what what is the unique vocabulary or terminology that we're using here what what are some of the ways that we are thinking so I know like all science teachers use the scientific method right I would classify that as a form of literacy in science yeah, yeah. and so just even naming that and recognizing that as literacy is the first step yeah. right so what are my habits of thinking and writing and reading yeah. as an authentic as an authentic professional in this discipline yeah. and how do yeah. other people in math read and write yeah. and think and how do, how do historians yeah. Yeah. read and write and think because that's very different and again it's very specific actually yeah. Yeah. right when you talk about primary and secondary sources and yeah. when you look at comparing different accounts of a historical event and yeah. building narratives right yeah. yeah those are very unique literacy skills yeah. that are different from interpreting a novel or a poem yeah. hey, if you were to talk to a uh, you know, like I said, a current teacher mm -hmm. or even an aspiring teacher, um, and you were establishing a literacy, sorry, I have so many questions, no, a literacy program or like what, yeah, I don't know if program is the right word even, but what are sort of the has to gotta be's, mm -hmm. if you think about that in a specific classroom or a, or a like yeah. I said, a literacy program. Like, I think, I think. What do we need to do well? Right. I think integrating it into the work. Okay. right and not mm -hmm. having it be yeah. like a mm. separate thing yeah. right so are they doing authentic things so i think this part of this is just real work for real people yeah. right yeah. interesting because literacy is so much part of what we do in our everyday yeah. world and sometimes i feel like in school it's like okay now we're gonna mm. have writing time we're so quick to and parcel and partition write. it off right. and make it its own thing instead of looking at it in, as an, in this as an subject, integrated whole. Right. How, yeah. how, how do we draw on texts? How do yes. we communicate ideas? Yes. How do we and how does that look different in, yeah. in math? And it does in 
music. And I think that's part, like, to me, it makes sense even at, when I think about teaching Christianly, because that's how God created us, right? As whole people integrated. And sometimes I really struggle with the structure of school that tries to parcel out the world into eight subjects a day. I can't change that, but... Or what can you? Well, oh, yeah. There's I, an old other podcast. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. if I'm thinking about like how I would approach it at a K eight or a yeah. nine twelve, I would hmm. think about how is this not a separate thing, but built into yeah. actually everything. Yeah. As you're talking, um, we have a uh, a common former professor, Dave Skelhoff. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I remember in a, in a class many years ago. Um, such a, a lovely gentleman and still yeah. still a friend and mentor in my life. He once remarked like something was and I'm paraphrasing here, it'd be like like the world would be a better place if we all just stopped and wrote for twenty minutes each mm-hmm. day. It was something mm-hmm. like that. Like this idea like we just can you talk a bit about the connection between literacy and writing? Like this comes up mm-hmm. a lot. Like this yeah, like, how important is that to do just giving students time to, to yeah, write yeah. every day. Writing and thinking? Writing and it? thinking, right? connection there? Yeah, oh. I would say yes to that, yeah. right? And so teaching, because that's why thinking is included in the definition yeah. I shared with you, right? Yeah. Is ways yeah. of thinking and reflecting. And I yeah. think that you were talking about writing an essay and math doesn't seem... Yeah. It seems forced. But, right. but reflecting on how you solve the problem might make yeah. a lot of sense. Right, yeah. And that's a whole different kind it of is. writing because it's it's putting your thinking, yeah. you're documenting your thinking, yeah. I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Randomly, I um I I don't I don't think she'll mind me sharing this with you, and she doesn't listen to the podcast. But my ten year old Harper, I was we we ran to Walmart last night from Rock Valley and picked up a an order, right, a grocery yeah. order, and she sure. wrote along with me, and she was talking to me about math, and she would say that math is her weakest subject. And so I was asking her about what, and she was telling me that she sometimes, she's still having a lot of trouble figuring out the distributive and the associative properties. That's what they're studying in fifth grade. Wait, oh, what? Pardon? (laughs) Right? I'm right with it. Yeah. I'm 49. I'm still, I am right with your daughter on this. Like, that's my own. And so she's talking to me about that, and we just had a case study in Ed Psych that talked about, like, this this student could memorize all these formulas, but then when she had to go transfer them to a new situation, didn't actually know what the concepts meant. And so I had that in my head and I was asking her questions. I'm like, well, can you try to explain them each to me? And maybe that will help you get them straight in your head. And she's like, well, I can't put them into words, but I can like talk you through a problem. Hmm. And so that's fascinating. Yeah. And so she couldn't define what the distributive property was, but she could take a problem and break it into its like 149 times four, mm-hmm. right? And say, okay, yeah. you take first, you take 100, and then you take 40, and then yeah. you take nine times four, and then you add it, and this is your, yeah. and she could talk me through that whole yeah. process. And so well, I just asked her, okay, now summarize what yeah. you did. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I guess I can explain yeah. it, right? And so in that way, just using literacy to get at the math skills. Right is what I think the goal is. Thinking, reasoning, yes. doing. Yes, and how they're authentically tied up like that. Yeah. That's a, a beautiful example. Thanks for yeah. sharing that story because yeah. I think that that gets us to thinking about what do we mean by how do we help students communicate their thinking. Mm-hmm. Right? And I guess as, as you're sharing all this, thank you for sharing your expertise with yeah, us because this, this really just gives me better language to think about. That's what I think literacy is now. Here you say it this. It's, yeah. How do I communicate my ideas most effectively? Right. How do I encounter the ideas of other people most effectively? Yeah. Yes. Yes, 
exactly. And that that's very different in different contexts. Right? I was teaching my Ed 135 students how to read an educational research yeah. article yeah, yeah, the yeah. other day. Because wow. that's also very specific kind yeah. of reading. Yeah. This is what an abstract is. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is how you search. Here's the search terms you yeah. should use. This is what and means. This is what or means. Yeah, Here's where you use yeah. parentheses or quotation marks, right? Yeah. They have to be taught yeah. that. Yeah, totally. You can't just say search for an article. Right. No, which also yeah. makes which also then makes me whether it's in the disciplines or whether yeah. it's in Ed 135, we we can't assume that people know what these right. things are, right. right? I think maybe so making them transparent. Yeah, like I think about it even in like like coming back to your daughter or just you know math was not my strength, right? Like you put a you put an equation in front of me, I I can sort of make sense of that. Mm-hmm. You give me a word problem in math. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like I'm just, I feel like I'm yep. swimming upstream. Like it just sure. like what do all these words mm-hmm. mean to me? And it makes me realize. And this isn't a criticism of any of my math teachers growing up. They were all wonderful. But it's like, well, I wonder what difference it would make if someone would have been intentional about teaching me how to read a math problem, yeah. what clues yeah. to look for, like mm-hmm. how do I parse yeah. this out, how yeah. do what I, are my strategies, what here? are my strategies, yeah. what are my options even, yeah. and things like that. So. You, you say that makes me feel like how, how good are we as teachers at teaching kids how to read a textbook? Yeah. Right? Because right? Right. Like, that matters. Oh, and, and if you're just going to yeah. pitch them into it like they're reading a novel yeah. or an mm-hmm. article or something, yeah. it's, it, well, it's different. It's well, and how many times reading. do we say read this with zero scaffolding, zero support, yeah. and then... Come, expect them to come back yeah, right. having totally mastered right you have to support them and, and so we talk about that too we give a lot of strategies well, about here's how you support yeah. students in their reading and here's mm. the kinds of tools you can use and strategies and yeah, yeah. that's a good challenge yeah for that all of us i'm going to ask you one last question okay. put you on the spot here what's something that maybe like in this conversation that dave and i that you thought we were going to ask you and haven't asked or that you're going to yeah. share and you haven't shared or just sort of even an encouragement for for teachers because you you uh, Dave we have so much respect for the amount of knowledge you have around yes. us and and for the sake of our listeners I know yeah. you've thought deeply about this um, yeah I just want to make sure that if there's anything else you want to share that we haven't asked about or an encouragement like yeah, any last thoughts I guess yeah I would I would encourage people not to be intimidated by the idea of, and I think we touched on that a little bit, right? But looking at it as skills you already possess and just need to name Mm -hmm. and hone and communicate, right? Versus, well, I can't write a paper. I'm, you know, that wasn't my thing. Well, no one's actually asking you to do that in math, right? And so. This is doable. Yeah, it's totally within your wheelhouse. Yeah, Yeah. appreciate that. Thanks for those, thanks for those words Mm -hmm. of encouragement. Friends, we know that your time is valuable, and we want to thank you for playing around in the sandbox with us. And thanks to Abby for sharing her expertise today. We hope that the Lord gives each of you what you stand in need of in the coming week. And finally, we just would like to send you into your day and this week with this blessing. So to our listeners who we're so thankful for, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace and give you peace and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good week. This podcast was quite literally dreamed up during one of our actual Hallway Conversations. Our music is by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is an independent podcast created and produced by Matt Beamers, Abby DeGroat, and Dave Mulder. Thanks for listening.